Welcome along to another Farpost Perth podcast in association with the Daily Football Show. My name is Neil Sherwin and I'm delighted to be joined by Donna Jaffari and Blaine Treadgold to reflect on the first two rounds of A-League action and look ahead to the first game of the season in Perth this coming Sunday. Donna, how are you doing? Good, thank you. How are you guys? Yeah, can't complain, Blaine. Yeah, very good, guys. Very good. Happy uh, football's back and we're well into the swing of things. We are. So we've got two Perk Glory games to discuss, both away uh, to the Western Sydney Wanderers and then to the Newcastle Jets. They've picked up one point from those two games. It's uh, It's been interesting, to say the least. We'll start with the Western Sydney Wanderers game, which finished in a 2-1 defeat. Uh, we went into the game with a number of players under an injury cloud, and uh, it, it transpired that there was only 16 players available on the day, and one of those on the bench was injured, in, and that was Alex Grant. So it was a depleted squad already, and since then we, we know that they've brought in injury replacement players. But Blaine, they got off to a, a poor start in, in the sense that it was it was basically the Wanderers' game for the first 45 minutes, and they got a couple of goals to assert their domination on the scoreboard as well and Glory pulling back in the second half and potentially could have stolen a point but do you think that the result was what they deserved and and maybe a bit of a wake-up call? Yeah, absolutely. I think it was. Um, It just goes back to our previous conversations about just coming in uh, into the season as a bit underdone. Uh, I think everyone had their suspicions it was going to happen and and it did happen. Um, First 45 were definitely under the cosh. Uh, it was a bit unfortunate that the times that we did actually, um, I mean, we should have just, you know, battened down for the last kind of five, ten minutes in that opening half, and we didn't. We were, we were playing very high, and they got in behind us very, very easily and scored two kind of cheapish, quick goals. Um, uh, and it just, yeah, just set us behind the behind the eight ball in terms of the second half. But it wasn't a bad uh, kind of reaction in the second half, and we. We kind of pushed and we did get a bit lucky with that own goal. Um, and as you said, we probably might have got a little bit more luck and had a second, but it, it wasn't to be. Donna, we saw the, the three Spaniards play their first competitive game in glory colours and this one uh, together. We had them all on the yeah. field at, at, at the same time in the second half, albeit briefly until uh, Xavi Torres went off. Andrea came on at half time, and Castro was his, his usual self buzzing around the park. What did you make of their um, their their first appearances in in the team? I have to say that um, compared to last season, I think Castro started off on fire. I think he brought his form from the second half of the season straight into this season. I said that last year he started off a bit a bit slow and didn't get into the rhythm of things for a couple of games, but it seems that nothing has changed. He's just come in um, guns blazing. As for Torres. Um, I was impressed with him. He did what he could do for someone that hasn't played and had much uh, match time. And also the fact that he hasn't had that much of a preseason. I think they said that he'd only been training for two to three weeks. So 
He pulled out 64 minutes, which was better than nothing. Andreu, I can see why everyone was excited to have him back um, have him back in the A-League. A lot of Western Sydney Wanderers fans said that they were disappointed he didn't go back there. So I can see why. Um, but I didn't get to watch a Central Coast game. Um, not Central Coast, I'm sorry, Newcastle Jets game. So I'm not sure on how they all um, mangled in together. Well, Andreu didn't play in that one. He was an under one that went down, with, down with an injury as well, so it's <laughs> it's the pattern. Um, but Blaine, they they did get it, they did get a goal back, albeit a fortunate deflection uh, from Andy Kelly's header. Um, it, it kind of summed up the day, considering they they hit the woodwork twice, and it just to me it never felt like they were getting anything out of the game from the first ten fifteen minutes. I think. Yeah, I think um, yeah, it goes back to those first two kind of goals before the. Before half time, I think that really took the took the wind out of the sails a fair bit, um, and yeah, I think it was just a just a little bit too late. Um, yeah, my I was quite disappointed after that. Just in the whole performance, um, it's you know it just goes back to the old you know you need to play be able to put in ninety minutes of football, um, and we simply didn't do it. No, all right. Well, let's let's move on to last weekend's game. A better result it was a two all draw. Um, they did. They did show good spirits to come back, considering the Tigers' second uh, goal came in well in injury time, and you know they they had they had gone behind, and it, it just felt like the same old was going to happen to Glory. They'd huff and puff and and would come away with nothing, but they did salvage that point. And Don, I know, I know you didn't see the game, but Adam Tiger got two goals. Uh, we've talked about him previously saying that we need him to be hitting you know 15 probably goals either either himself or Kyo or both hitting around 15 goals if glory to or to make a proper impact because we all know the defensive issues so we have to compensate for that but uh, his two finishes were superb and hopefully that's a sign of things to come yeah absolutely second strike in particular was um was a cracking one i got to see them on the highlights and um that's what you want to see from tagger that's what you want to see you don't want to see someone that's just Mosey-ish, that you want him to come out and be hungry. And I think um, someone like him, he thrives on that sort of stuff. So when he scores, he just wants to continue. He just wants to crack on and just be more hungry and fight more for the ball. So I think it's good signs to come um, from Tags. He can stay injury-free and continue going. Uh, from conversations I've had with people that did watch the game, they said um, Andy didn't have that good of a game, which seems to be his pattern sometimes. He either has a really good game or he goes missing completely so I can't comment because I didn't watch but I'm just going by the comments that some supporters have had to make yeah Blaine we went into the game with two injury replacements starting who they'd only played well they'd only been training for a week well officially for a week I'm sure they were around before that but we had uh, Walker and and Mitch Malia um, Jeremy Walker and Mitch Malia and I was surprised that Chris Harrell started on the bench to be honest Uh, I don't know if there was an issue there or, or or what, but he did make an impact when he came on the second half. But the defensive back four at the start was was Walker on the right, Poscaliero, and something that we we floated in our preview was Scott Neville playing at centre back, and then uh, Joseph Mills at left back. So with both Larry and Grant missing, I, I expected Glory to concede, and well, that's how it panned out. The second goal in particular was some awful defending from a free kick that they just. No one took the for the ball and it broke and, and the Jets scored. But to me, that just highlighted uh, a lack of leadership when you're missing someone like Shane Lowry at the back. Yeah, no, I um, I wholeheartedly agree. There was a few scares before that 
um, before those goals went in. That first one, um, they absolutely ripped us apart through the centre. They flicked it out to the left, and then that that first ball into O'Donovan, and there was just simply not enough pressure on the ball carry. You had four defenders just absolutely retreating. Um, so I mean, it's just little fundamental like like errors like that. Um, there was another scare where you know. Defenders all know you, you simply don't let the ball bounce in the in the 18 yard box. You you get everything you can on it to to try and clear the ball away. Um, and then obviously the second goal um, came in, and yeah, there was two or three guys standing around ball watching. So it was just little simple fundamental errors. And I agree with you wholeheartedly that you know maybe it was lacking a little bit of leadership at the back to just keep everyone switched on and, and alert. It, it was interesting that in the second half when when Kenny Lowe tweaked the team a little bit. He didn't necessarily change the formation, but he dropped Xavi Torres back into centre-back, and that left a very young central midfield partnership with Jake Brimmer and Brandon Wilson. So that was at when they were 2-1 down. So, you know, they, I thought Brimmer knocked the ball around when he came, well when he came on, and, and Harold down the other sub was obviously involved in the goal. So the, the changes worked. I did did have a, a listen and a read to uh, of, of some of... Kenny's post-match comments and his favourite word character was in there quite a bit uh, but there was a, a definite dig in the media and fans who've questioned their pre-season schedule he said we came home really strongly in the last half hour just as we did against Western Sydney the week before and that's a testament to how hard the lads worked in pre-season. Now Donna it's been a, it's been a subject of much debate considering they only play games against NPL sides and as you mentioned the, the Spaniards only had a couple of weeks under the belt the lads may have worked hard, but the, I, I think the issue is where they actually tested um, in terms of getting game time. Yeah, absolutely. There's a difference between, and I, I say this with no disrespect to any of the NPL sides, but there's a difference between playing against A-League sides uh, coming into the season to playing against NPL sides. And it seems to be the same thing every year that we see the same trend. Uh, players getting injured early. Um, plays not lasting the full 90, plays not gelling um, quick enough, and that just goes to show that their pre-season wasn't um, strong enough. If Kenny knows something that we don't, then that's great, but that's what we see, and um, I think it's fair to say that we're probably on the ball with this one. Okay, well, there's a, a little bit of audio here from Kenny, and have a listen to that, and we'll come back and, and then discuss the, the Central Coast Mariners game this weekend. I actually thought it was coming. When we made the change, pushed Shavian back and then uh, put young Jake in the middle of the park, the momentum changed. We started to control the game. Uh, I think just before that, we had a one-on-one with Chrissy Harold. I think uh, Jack's made a great save down to his right. And then he's made an unbelievable save off another target header. So I just felt maybe the momentum was starting to change a touch. Okay, that was Kenny Lowe uh, with his his thoughts on, on some, of the, uh, some of the goings on over the past... Week or so, we're now going to look ahead to the first home game of the season. It's the Central Coast Mariners uh, in Perth. It's the return of Danny De Silva to to NOB Stadium, playing in an opposition colours. Uh, he was excellent last week against the Western Sydney Wanderers. It's the last game of Mitch Nichols' suspension, so he's ruled out for glory. We know about the long-term injuries, um, and we're, but we're, we're hopeful that Shane Larry and Alex Grant will return to the centre of the defence. Playing, uh, I watched the Mariners game. I actually watched all the games last weekend. That's how sad I was. Um, I saw every game, and the Mariners were, were very impressive with the way they knocked the ball around against the Wanderers, and I could see them carving that glory defence open if... Larry and Grant don't play in this one. 
Yeah, they've got a fair bit of speed in guys like Hall and De Silva. That was a fantastic kind of solo, well, not a solo run, but a fantastic run from kind of deep in his in his uh, you know halfway uh, to give the ball away and then get on the end of it and uh, and slide one home for for the Mariners. Um, we can see that. Um, I mean, this time last year we played uh, Central Coast round one, and they absolutely their pace absolutely ripped us up. And under Paul O'Connor, it seems to be something that they they like doing um, is is cutting you open down the middle, just using using full on pace, and they'll they'll exploit guys uh, centre you know centre halves if they're not mobile enough. Yeah, definitely. I think that was what we saw last year. Was it Connor Payne up against Dino Jolbich was the killer in behind the uh, Risden at fullback? If I remember correctly, and, and we yeah. sorry, that's the one else. Yeah, that's the one else. Yeah, about. sorry. Yep. Yeah, it, it was. It wasn't pretty. Um. So yeah, if we get, we we do need to to make sure that the the pace and in the uh, in the transition and the counter attack is is watched because the Mariners do have that in abundance, and uh, they've also got that new striker. Um, as Drubal, I think it is he, the Spanish striker who was really sharp on his toes to tap home from close range when Fedran Yenjevic spilled a shot uh, for one of the goals. That's the sort of thing that defenders need to be really wary of, um, and, and and hopefully Glory have their first choice defence to pick from. Don, in terms of Danny De Silva coming back, uh, what sort of reception do you think he's going to get? Do you think there's any? ill-fitting towards him in the sense that he didn't come back to Perth. I know there might have been mitigating circumstances, but the fans aren't necessarily privy to all of that. They just see, see uh, for want of a, a better term, a hometown hero coming back in Mariners colours. It's Look, it's the same thing that everyone was saying to me on the weekend about Cahill getting booed in the Melbourne Derby, and it's a bit different, but he, he plays for the opposition team, so... He's either he's going to get booed or people are going to love him. Either way, it's I don't think it's that big of a deal. Um, if they do boo him, whatever, he plays for Central Coast, he's not playing for them. I must say I've been quite impressed with Danny De Silva, and there was something that Paul Ocon said that um, stood out to me, and it was that he knew that Danny was going to be a talent from the age of 16, and um, it's good to see him getting full-time football now and getting back to the stride of things. I do think that... He's a big loss for Perth Glory. It would have been great to have him back at home, but hey, he's playing for them now. So if they boo him, they boo him. Yeah, well, Dono, you can you, you can you can cheerlead from the front. Boo, uh, boo, Danny De Silva, the poor I'll, kid. I'll have a big, yeah, I'll have a, a sign for him. <laughs> All right, Blaine, uh, you know a little bit more than we do about the uh, the Glory supporters. Are we expecting a big crowd this week? It's, it's the first game. The weather's looking pretty decent. The only thing I would say counting against Glory so far is, is just that they haven't got a win on the board, so Perth people are a little bit fickle and may not come until they start seeing those wins. But it's it's going to be 25 degrees, sunny, NOB Stadium should be looking well, the pitch should be great. Uh, yeah, is do you think we'll hit over 10,000? Um, yeah, it's going to be an interesting one. Uh, Sunday afternoon, um, a lot's been talked about the promotion and this and that. Uh, I think it's starting to roll up inside of Perth Glory hardcore fans, I think they'll get plenty. Will be out for it. Uh, in terms of just getting those extra hangers on to try and get over that ten thousand uh, mark, might be a might be a little bit of a stretch. But if we get the win, then it certainly holds us in in good stead in uh, you know future weeks. Um, but yeah, all in all, I, I was privy to a um, a chat with uh, a few of the Perth Glory fans and uh, CEO Peter Philopoulos and a couple of the membership uh, crew down at Perth Glory the other night. And there's a there is a quite of a a positive feeling around around the fans at the moment, and uh, uh, you know, heading into a, a new venue at the Game Sports Bar, 
you know, fans are quite optimistic, I think, and, and looking forward to having a having a decent crack throughout the season. And what are the details for that pre-game? What's the plan? Yeah, well, so everyone down at the sports, uh, sorry, the game sports bar down on Aberdeen Street in Northbridge, um, I think doors will open about midday and, you know, they've got some, some food and drink specials on and they've got a big screen down there to try and, you know, watch any of the other games that are on and there's usually usually try and whack some uh, tunes on and that kind of thing. So, yeah, no, it's definitely worth heading down there um, and checking it out, really, yeah. Cool. So that's Sunday. And the game kickoff that's is Sunday. 4 o'clock? Correct, yeah. We'll be down there, um, actually, for the Far Post Perth, just getting a getting a bit of footage. And, you know, if you want to come and have a chat to us, then, yeah, you're more than welcome. Okay, and to take us into the break, we've got a little bit of audio from a former Glory player, Anthony Golick, who's making his return to, uh, to NIB Stadium this weekend. So here's his thoughts on, on the weekend's game. First round wasn't great. Uh, didn't go the way we wanted to, which was disappointing. Um, but this second round against Wanderers, we did really well. We played to our uh, strengths. Um, we limited our weaknesses. So we're looking forward to this round now. Um, you know, Perth are a good team. There's no easy game in the A-League. So for us... We just have to stick to what we're good at and hopefully it comes off and we can run away with a three-point. You're listening to the Far Post Perth. We'll be back after this. Welcome back to the second part of the Far Post Perth podcast. Still got myself, Donna and Blaine here. We're going to have a quick look into the A-League in general. There's been... As we said before the break, two rounds of games so far, and the uh, the table is is taking shape early with Melbourne City and Sydney FC out in front with two wins from two each, and then you've got three teams on four points: the Newcastle Jets, Western Sydney, and Adelaide. Then you've got Glory, Wellington, and the Central Coast on a point each, and Victory, no Donna, and Brisbane Roar on no points. So. My, yeah, my quick, my quick summation of it really is that Sydney look good, City are okay, and everyone else, I don't know whether they're good or bad yet. I've, I've watched most of the games, and, and for example, I thought Wellington looked rubbish in their first game, but then looked a little bit a little bit chirpier against, against Sydney, even though they lost. Um, I thought Brisbane looked okay for about 70 minutes against Adelaide, and then I don't know whether it was old legs or what, but they collapsed and Adelaide ran over them and, and ran a 2-1 winner. So it's, it's that kind of season where, where well, well, the jury's out on a lot of the teams. I'd say even Melbourne City to a certain extent. Uh, Don, I'll get your thoughts on the, the derby in a second. But Sydney FC, to me, look look well drilled again. Uh, Graham Arnold's assembled a pretty good squad. And Blaine, Glory have them uh, in a, well, the next game after the Mariners game. It's it's a pretty daunting prospect going to them the the form they're in at the moment. Yeah, it's it's going to be the real tester, I think, if um, this week and, and the following one. Um, I think that's where we're gonna we're gonna kind of work out where we where we sit in terms of the the yardstick of the league because I think Sydney many people uh, regard Sydney as as the, the the top side in the league. Melbourne City, I think they're a little bit fake at the moment. Um, I think they're definitely beatable. Um, probably. Uh, Probably played victory to a to a nice um, little counter attack move and, and seemed to do the job. Um, but in terms of uh, purse up, up uh, upcoming features, um, yeah, I don't think we're going to know for for a few weeks yet. Okay, Donna, the Melbourne Derby last weekend it was a loss for Victory. Obviously disappointing for you as a supporter. But uh, what what have you made of Victory start so far in the two games that you've seen? 
I don't know. It's so early to tell where we're going to be at. We, you look at our team on paper, and I'm like, wow, we've got we've got a great side. You've got the likes of Milligan, Troisi, Barbarusis, and whatnot. But again, our defence seems to be our problem, and um, we seem to be keep signing attacking players, and we're we're just forgetting about our defenders now. I think one of our biggest losses was losing um, Barrow, who is with the Central Coast now. I think that was one of the biggest losses for us. And I think they thought bringing Milligan back in and makeshifting it and using Broxham where they can was going to fix all our problems. But we seem to be going into the season again the same. But two rounds in, I'm not really um, I'm not really fussed at the moment. Uh, come talk to me mid-season. I think we'll still be up there. I think we'll be okay, to be honest. But as for Brisbane, they're in a crisis at the moment. So... It'd be good to see where they're going to go. I think the thing to say with victory is that they've, they've played City and Sydney, who are probably going to be thereabouts at the end of the season. If yeah. they if they'd lost to the Mariners and Wellington, for example, you'd you'd probably be a little bit more concerned. It is it does leave you six points off the pace, so it, it there's a, there's an early gap to close. But the, uh, as you said as well, on on paper it's a quality side, so you'd imagine that they'll they'll turn it around uh, over the next and- few weeks. And look, we lost against Sydney by an own goal. It wasn't, and I know that's a silly thing, or you know, that's a massive cop out. People say very big, yeah, huge cop out. <laughs> but it is an own goal. It is an own goal. So I'm not worried yet. I haven't hit panic buttons yet. A lot of people have, but I'm I'm fine. I think it'll be okay. I think we'll be fine. Well, we'll see what happens when you lose in Adelaide on Friday night, because that's going to be another another cracker. And that will be a bit disappointing. <laughs> yeah. Um, Blaine, victory started the season. As I said, they had, they had Sydney, Melbourne City and Adelaide away in the first three games. It doesn't really get much harder than that, does it? Yeah, but nothing makes me happier, Neil, seeing victory all the way down there. It's a good sight. Um, let's, let's hope it continues. Sorry, Donna. Um, yeah, no, they have got a, they have got quite a uh, tricky start to the season. But then again, so does, so does Perth. I mean, two away games to start the season. Um, victory has, let's not uh, shy away from victory, has had two games, two home games that they've lost. I think someone said for the first time in a 150-odd matches, they've lost two since in a row. Since 2000, at home. yeah. Since 2005, so, um, 2006. <laughs> yeah, something like that uh, was the stat that I heard. So... Um, yeah. let, let's not shy away from that. Um, there were some comments in the week that victory has become quite predictable. Um, and just reflecting on those thoughts and, and my thoughts on the match, um, I don't think they're too far off the truth. Um, there's a lot of reliance still on Barisha, uh, you know, Barbarousas, those kind of guys. Um, Milligan works hard. We know what he can do for Australia. I don't think he was at his, at his absolute best uh, over the weekend and um, Troy Issy seems to fly in and out of matches when he, he needs to be a more of a, a consistent player for me. Oh, I have 100% agree. Um, Milligan, let's let's be honest, he played 120 minutes, he's had a gruelling schedule um, and then came back and played almost a full game. He was really angry to come off. He looked like he had more in him but he did cost us a goal and Troy Issy, Sometimes he's a bit of a selfish player, which gets on a lot of our nerves. And Barbarousas, as I said, yeah, there are three um, superstar players that we're going to lose again in November to international duty. But Barbarousas hasn't impressed me so far, and he seems to go missing. Um, he either has a cracking game or he's non-existent. So they do really need to lift it, um, those two. And another loss with Melbourne victories, they've lost James Donerkey for the season yeah. as well after that match uh, against City. Oh, all right. Well, let's uh, let's move on from the Melbourne Victory podcast to uh, to have have a quick a quick look at the Jets because we saw the Jets firsthand against uh, Glory at the weekend. Um, 
they hammered the Central Coast Mariners in the first game of the season. They've got a lovely little playmaker in there, Vargas, who um, who's I guess is their Castro. Um, there's been a lot of a doubt about whether he can stay fit or not. He's had a lot of injuries in the past. But he looks a very tidy player on the ball. And in Roy O'Donovan, they've got a goal scorer who knows where the back of the net is. I thought that that front three of O'Donovan, Naboo and Petrados is up there probably with the best in the league, Blaine. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we saw what they did in terms of using their wit, uh, guys like Naboo and Petrados against the Central Coast. I think we nullified them quite well. Uh, they were still kind of getting uh, getting busy, but uh, I don't think they had that, that killer uh, instinct that they pulled out against the Central Coast. Um, O'Donovan, um, we know he can score. He always seems to score against us. And, uh, yeah, you're 100% correct in saying that... Um, uh, Vargas, yeah, he'll be a he'll be a standout this season by far and away. And uh, and Donna, we mentioned Sydney FC. We mentioned a little bit about City, but but you saw them obviously in that derby game. What have you made with them? Did Kale come off the bench and and that that sort of thing? He, they've got a few new players. Uh, Bruce Kamau started the season on fire, although his his goal was obviously quite fortuitous. The weekend to finish, the run itself was great. Um, there's a, there's a lot to be said about about City's setup, I guess, under Warren Joyce, because then Michael Jacobson played in the mid played in midfield at, uh, in that game. They they went the week before with no Scott Jamison in the team. They had a, a, a three at the back, and they they seem to be tweaking it a little bit to, to suit personnel. With Luke Bratton out at the weekend, kind of forced their hand a little bit against victory, but they, they've gone a right so far with two wins from two, and they they seem to have the personnel there. And that, let's not forget, they're without Fornaroli. You know, they, they they've replaced him with the human barrel in uh, Ross McCormick up front, who huffs and puffs and does nothing for 15 minutes, and then comes up with something excellent. So they're they're just intriguing for me at the moment. Yeah, I'm a little bit um, unsettled on on them at the moment. I'm not sure what to think. They had glimpses of um, like genius. They were playing great football for you know a few minutes here and there, but there was just something about them for me that hasn't clicked yet. Uh, I don't think they're going to be right up there, but, you know, we only have X amount of teams and six make the finals. So I don't think they won't make the finals, but I don't think that they're one of the better teams. Um, but, you know, we'll soon see this week. We will. Okay, let's move on a little bit. You guys want to have a quick chat about the Football West Gold Medal Awards that took place uh, but just over a week ago at this stage it was recognising the, the top performers from the season um, Donna, just give us a little run through of the main award winners from uh, the Saturday night event Yeah, awesome, um, so the Women's Bank West Women's State League Premier League Gold Medal was uh, Katrina Dukic from Queen's Park and the other one was uh, the Consolidated Energy Gold Medal was Alex Salmon from Inglewood. He's had a cracking season as well. Another mention was the Dylan Tombidi's Young Player of the Year Award went to Daniel Steins from Perth Glory. And from what I hear, uh, didn't get to watch many of the Perth Glory um, NPL games this season, from, but what I've heard, Daniel Steins uh, was absolutely on it this year. So that's great to hear. Yeah, cool. Blanant, add on the on the awards that you take note Yeah, no, it was... Um... Yeah, no, I managed to kind of weasel me away in there for a certain period that night, which um, I should keep under the under the cosh a little bit. But <laughs> um, no, it was quite a it was 
quite an exciting finish. Um, actually, David Perich from uh, Subiaco could have got pretty close and, and pinched it for uh, Subiaco over Alex Salmon. Uh, but, yeah, the later rounds, Alex Salmon went on to win it. But, yeah, all round, it was a good night and uh, well put on by Football West. A tidy uh, $10,000 check for the winner as well, which... Uh it used to be a car. Yeah, it used to be. A, it used to be a car. I thought. I don't think they did a few. Yeah. Yeah. But now yeah. I, I, I'd take the cash. It's pretty decent. Um, but but yeah. So that was that was the the, the awards for the for that and the rest of the awards um, for amateur metro masters and the other women's leagues. They all take place this coming Sunday, just before the Perk Glory game. Football West are putting on an event at basically just outside NIB Stadium. So there'll be um, there'll be a few drinks and whatnot there at that one as well. The last thing we're going to mention is just that we've got confirmation of the times and dates for the upcoming Socceroos playoff against Honduras. Now, we all know that, well, what happened in the in the uh, CONCACAF qualifiers with the USA missing out altogether. It was a time when it looked like it was going to be Australia and America going head-to-head. But as it panned out, the, the US are gone completely and we uh, we get to play against Honduras. So the first leg will be played away from home. That's going to be in, this, in Perth time. It's going to be on Saturday the 11th of November at 6 a.m. A very cruel kickoff time for those of us who like a weekend lie-in, but uh, it is what it is. And then the second leg is going to be played in Sydney, and that's on Wednesday the 15th of November at 5 p.m. Perth time. So there is going to be a... Um, Going to be a session for the second one. It's fair to say, Blaine, at the game. Well, both of them. Are the the at the game? Are the game putting on breakfast for us? Yeah, mate, they are. Um, I've been in discussions with them and the and the other guys at the West Australian Socceroos fans supporters group. Um, they've actually had to apply for an extended uh, trading license, which. A few days ago, it was looking at a, at a 9.30 kickoff, but they seem to have been playing silly buggers and want us to play in the heat in Honduras. Um, but that's the way it rolls sometimes. So it's going to be a, either an early start or a very late finish, depending on what you're doing the night before. And, um, yeah, um, they'll have all kinds of deals on down there. So we'll get in nice and early. And, yeah, of course, straight from work on the on the Wednesday for the for the return leg. Work. Work is for losers. That's my week of annual leave before my wedding. I will be at the pub all day ready to go 5 p.m kickoff is perfect so yeah i'll be i'll be hitting up the game definitely not for the first one i think i'll be watching that from the uh, the comfort of my bed or sofa at a push if i can get out that far into the living room um but the and you call yourself irish you yeah. uh, those days are long gone mate can't do it anymore <laughs> the 5 p.m kickoff though is appealing very nicely so yeah i reckon we'll uh We'll definitely get amongst that um, on the on the Wednesday at the very least. Uh, but yeah, keep an eye on the um, on the fa- various Facebook pages for confirmation of what the actual plan is. Because if it's fair to say that the the Perth hardcore supporters do put on a good show, no matter what time of the day it is. So you're guaranteed to have somebody to watch the football with if that's what you want to do. Um, so yeah, keep an eye out on the on those details. But um, we're going to wrap it up there for for this edition of the podcast. We've uh, we've touched on the A-League game so far and we're really looking forward to uh, to having a game at NIB Stadium on Sunday. That's going to be great. Um, Blaine, I, I will see you there. Yeah, I'll be down there and um, I'll be at the back down at the Game Supporters Club uh, for the game in the afternoon and you'll be able to find Donna behind the old uh, Western side stand doing all the fan reaction this week, so it should be great. 
And just before we wrap up, I just want to congratulate Samantha Kerr, who's just won the uh, Women's Health Women's Sports uh, Woman of the Year. It's just happened now. So another accolade for Perth Glory's captain. Award after award. Excellent news. And the W League obviously starts in a week and a half. So we'll be doing a bit of coverage on that one as well. All right, but we'll uh, we'll, we'll wrap it up there. Uh, thanks to Donna and Blaine for having a chat. Um, the podcast, you can get it through... Thanks, that's okay. That's any time. You can get it through Wushka and iTunes, straight in the download or have a listen on your various devices. Uh, it's with thanks to the Daily Football Show. And, and make sure you check out our social media accounts. We'll be posting updates uh, pre the Glory game and obviously the Soccer is games as well. We're, we're on Twitter at the far, at, far, at far Post Perth. And you can find at Far Post Perth on Facebook and Instagram as well by just doing a quick search. So, yeah, we'll be back in, well the near future to have a look back at the latest action involving Perk Glory and, and anything else around the, the WA scene so until then enjoy the football Thank you.